Hey guys, welcome back to the flip side. Uh, we are having a special guest on again. Uh, his name is Jay Barnish. He used to do gymnastics and now is becoming a tricker. And we also still have, you know, normal Chris and Sean. We are going to talk about why men's gymnastics is dying. Now, a lot of this might be hot takes. Who knows? But, you know, we're, I think me and Jay will probably be pretty opinionated on this because I really do think men's gymnastics is dying pretty badly and it's kind of bullshit. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so starting off, I'll just ask Jay right away. Uh, what is, what do you think is one of the bigger reasons why gymnastics, why men's gymnastics specifically is dying? Well, from an audience perspective, when, when you watch anything, you, you want to have a feel for what determines a winner and a loser. Yeah. Like, you want to be able to see it and like, all right, that, that guy obviously won, or that team obviously won. And so, so when you watch someone do um, a quad full on floor yeah, and they have a few steps or a, uh, just these crazy skills, right? You're like, oh, they're, they're, their routine was awesome. And sure, there were, there was some uh, impurities in it, but it was awesome. Okay, and then you watch uh, 12 other people do almost the identical routine, but they do it flawlessly. It's like watching competitive diving, kind of, so it's similar to that. Yeah. You can't really see the differences that much, right? Diving, everyone's doing, what, what three, three and a half flips, and then dive, and you could hardly see a difference. Yeah, and then to watch those score higher than the the very original and creative routine, that's yeah. I kind of kind of takes away. Okay, and, and I mean, yeah, like you said, on top of that, like it's it's you you. What I think what you're trying to say is like if you do a quad versus you do a triple, the triple could win just because it's done flawless. Just because it's landed, yeah. and then on top of that. I've watched gymnastics and I haven't gotten into it, but also like with things like the Olympics, I feel like other people, they don't know the rules. So they see that oh. and they're like docked like a, a two tenths. What does that mean? I, I didn't know what that means. Mm -hmm. it, like, I don't know. Yeah. It was like, like, isn't that one fifth? Like that's what I was taught in math. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And then, and then of course it's like a team sport too sometimes. And then they get added together and I, it's so complicated to follow. Yeah, that is kind of the hard part. If you don't know what skills are, what they're worth, how they score things, what they can get deductions for, it kind of is hard to pay attention to because they're just like, oh, they did a cool flippy twisty thingy and they stayed on their feet. Oh, they did a cool flippy twisty thingy and landed on their neck and broke it. But that looked <laughs> Yeah, because a lot of people don't know, even know. Like I was explained to different people like triple and quad and they go, what does quad mean? Like, oh, that means like it's so simple for us. We're like it means four twists, but like. They don't know that, and then they can't visibly see the difference between three and four. Their eyes are not trained for that. That's true. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So I can, I can see where you're coming from. Okay, that, but that take comes from me who kind of knows the terminology. Yeah. He's, Chris, Chris was just talking about a lot of people don't know it, and so I think this kind of goes into another level deeper. Why? That's cool. I didn't even think of it from that. Why do not that many people know about it? Why? Why? So, so that sounds like it's a, a more background thing. And uh, I, I like ASU gymnastics was directly affected by Title IX. It was, and and that's it, it was a section of all right. The college needs to put the same funding into women's sports as men. But if you have like a quarter 
the amount of women's athletes that even want to be an athlete and you have to reward them 50 50 that's that's not proportional they're not going to pull money away from a successful football team they're going to be they're going to pull money away from they're going to take the cost of the sport divide it by uh how many tickets they sell for it yeah um and gymnastics costs a lot moving floor equipment um all all of it all gymnastics costs costs a lot to run so it it was fast on the chopping block i I think there's only what 10 uh funded college funded teams right now well they did increase that um because now they're starting division three gymnastics so now that they've added greenville illinois which uh is it funded by the university? I believe so. I'd have to double check that, but I know they added green. I know it's, I think it might be funded under, I know USAG was starting a program to help fund and found new programs. So there was two that were just added. I don't know if it's funded exactly by the university. I have, I would have to double check that. So I apologize if I'm speaking out of. Oh, yeah. So, so the ASU team, for example, right? Cause that's where I was. It, it it was dropped off uh, university funding in uh, I think ninety three, okay. But oh, that's wow. that's almost thirty years ago. So how is it still existing? I mean, it was it was on life support for quite a few years, uh, and I know yeah. some of the some of the guys that like helped built the uh, Aspire Sports Center, um, and competed on that team while it was there. And there was another uh, club team that kind of hosted uh, the ASU club team. So, so it became a club team rather than a, a official collegiate team. But okay. what we would do to fundraise for the team, and if you're going to compete on the team, you have to participate in these fundraisers. Uh, we would host gymnastics meets. So like my coach or, or the owner of, of that team purchases like a semi-truck trailer, uh, rents a semi-truck uh, driver and the, and, the, and the truck itself, and uh, a USA, and, and would supply equipment to the USAG event. Uh, so when you went to nationals, you may have noticed the, uh, a, an Arizona State semi-truck trailer outside of nationals. Well, that's because they supplied the equipment for nationals. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. That's like yeah. up here. We have a guy that does that out of North Shore Gymnastics where he does all – he supplies the equipment to most of the meets around here where they do meets at different events, and that's what he does too. That's usually helpful because they sometimes can work out a price that's a little bit cheaper to make sure that they can keep a program opener so they're not going bankrupt because of needing the equipment. Mm-hmm. That, is, oof, that, that stuff gets expensive. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's that's how the club teams and they get money how they can to stay existent. But then you also have, um, like, you, you, I would hear these stories about, like, you would have gymnastics in high school. You would have gymnastics everywhere. Every, like a lot of people knew what it was. I mean, my dad even competed gymnastics. Like, and it would be seen as no different than someone doing lacrosse or football in high school right now. Yeah, um, but it's just way less common. And um, one of uh, 
some someone at a Thanksgiving dinner mentioned like they thought it was still popular because they they went to school in the in the seventies, you know. Yeah, that's what they're used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, wait, it's dying, and, and it's like, yeah, and they. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, well, let's swing back. So, yeah, Sean, yeah. why do you think? Well, I want to hear some of your opinions. Why do you think yeah, it's hot takes? Because I mean, yeah, we talked about reasons why, but like reason, like it's obviously so it's expensive. And um, yeah. what was your what was your thing you started with? Title uh, nine. Uh, Title nine. Well, uh, that was sort of abstract, right? True. When when you're deciding what sport you want to do as as like a kid, what what do you think gets a bunch of kids wanting to do a particular sport the that. yeah the views i mean it does it's not covered yeah like like yeah. You, you look up to the collegiate um athletes you look you up do. to the professional athletes so if you and have fewer yeah. collegiate athletes which i just argued was largely caused by title nine there's a whole lot yeah. less incentive to yeah like i could have there's there's so many gymnasts that they i've heard stories they weren't good enough to be uh on one of the teams so they're like all right i'll do cheerleading instead and i'm not bashing cheerleading um no but that was his second option that was his second option he he made it on the cheerleading team and got a full ride off of that yeah yeah Yeah. so like the the incentive also wasn't there because of that and then so so fewer professional or collegiate athletes yeah i think feeds into just lower popularity every generation that makes sense yeah. so sean what are what are some of your takes um now this is a hot take because my old teammate was actually on the olympic team but um <laughs> our men's gymnastics team internationally is not great at all unfortunately like they're just not compared to the international competition we kind of suck even though yeah we got fourth or fifth in reality, we're just not as up to snuff as we were back in 2004, 2008. And even then, like, that was probably one of our stronger teams compared to when the Roethlisbergers and the Homs were on the team. And that was still way earlier than that. And since then, we just, we haven't been as good for whatever reason. And I don't think it's not that we don't lack the talent. I don't know if it's just the way we train compared to how they train overseas but we just aren't that good, and I I can't pinpoint where it's at. But I thought partly think because colleges are dropping men's gymnastics left and right. I mean, even since 2012, I mean, even back then, there were probably closer to 20 schools that had men's gymnastics in it. And now with it dwindling down to like I think, like Jay said, like probably around 10. I mean, that's a significant change in 10 years, and that's kind of sad and it really doesn't show that oh i could do gymnastics and go to college and get a like get a scholarship on it like no usually they go the academic route because they don't they can't really hand out as many scholarships or it's harder to get onto that team because there's so many more there's so many more gymnasts compared to the amount of spots you can actually fulfill or actually get so that kind of sucks but that makes a lot of sense i mean because what you're basically saying is is that you know, you're taking a smaller chunk out. So if you put in 10 gymnasts, how many of them are going to be really great versus if you put in 30 gymnasts, how many are going to be really great? You're going to have a higher chance when you're pulling from higher numbers. Yeah. Well, and you, you have the Olympic training center and those, those are even, even some of them are taking classes too. I mean, all of, all of our Olympians, they're, they're not just 
Olympians. I mean, they're they're college students. They're college students. Yeah. Yeah, that's also what kind of sucks because I feel like I feel like it's hard in gymnastics because yeah, that timing is so unfortunate. But you see a lot of other athletes who are pro athletes; they're a lot older. I mean, you're seeing a, like you know they they don't have to be you know under eighteen to be really great. Yeah, and that's the thing with men's is like we peak in college gymnastics. That's why we build our Olympic team off of the people that are doing well in NCAA or that take time off of going to school potentially to specifically train towards it. But you can't, not that many people can just afford to do that. And I know right now, I think USAG is pushing more on the men's side that I noticed, like starting more of a stronger elite program from younger. But I mean, they had, they've had future stars for years and I don't really see too much of a difference between future stars and like doing an elite type program. Maybe, I mean, going up to the upper levels, maybe it's a lot different, but I still don't think it's making our gymnasts up to snuff by the point yeah, well, that they're... Do you think, I that's what I want to say, is like, do you think that um, overseas, like, other people are... I mean, like, is their timing as poor as ours? Like, do they have... Do they finish school earlier, or, like, do they put more... Um, do they take it more seriously? I don't even know. That's the thing, like, it, it's hard to see, like... I mean, the biggest things that I can see are just, like, Instagram posts, because I don't know anybody over there, but... I mean, I feel like they push some of those kids a lot quicker than we do. Because, I mean, I've seen kids that are, like, 12 working full ends, double-doubles on floor and landing them and working much more complicated bar routines than I was doing at 12. And I was, like, still a level 9, so I don't know what the difference in their programs are. But, I mean, some of the stuff that some of That's true. Like, I see, like, the kids are way more disciplined a lot earlier. Yeah, but you're Mm -hmm. talking about these – these kids who learn these crazy skills when they were young. And I mean, I remember I, I back when Yule was uh, training in Fort Collins when we were little kids. Um, I remember looking at him and thinking, all right, that he's going to the Olympics. And like, yeah. we're little kids. And, and yeah, he went to the Olympics. You just see it in his eyes or the way he trained? Or no, what? I just saw his pommel horse. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing level <laughs> ten pommel horse, and he's a he's a child, right? Oh, gee. So, like, I'm watching that. Whoa, you know, I was just amazed that a little kid could be doing that. But also, um, I've known some very skilled gymnasts who didn't start until they were. Um, yeah, you, you ever meet uh, Jacob Moses? I think he he he's naval academy. Uh, well, you were a couple years. You're he's a couple, a couple years older. He's, a, he's, he's older than me. Um, he was a senior. He would have been the same year as you. Um, yeah, he, he didn't start until he was like 12 or 13. He went in at 12 or 13. Yo, we just had a. Nothing at Oh, we just had an episode on that about like how late can you start and still make it. I, it's hard at that age. Like, that's impressive if he started. That's that crazy. Early. We well, kind of determined that it wasn't possible. I have two. Who were much later? Um, Adam Kidd, who's a year behind me uh, at the Arizona State team, he started when he was 16. I mean, his freshman year, he he wasn't he wasn't going to compete on the on the main team. But like by the time he got around to his junior senior year, he was doing um, Kovacs on the high bar. He was doing some some very impressive gymnastics, and I, okay. I think he did get to to compete on on the 
primary ASU team. And he didn't start until he was 16. And like progressed rapidly every year in college. He just kept up with the strength and stretching. Trained very hard. And then um, there was someone else who literally started, he was just showing up to session and help with fundraisers. If you help with fundraisers on a club team, you're, you're going to get to train. Yeah. Not necessarily compete because, you know, you got to be competitive. But his, his tumbling was downright scary because he, he was very strong and he had absolutely none of the skills to do what he was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> like flying off to the side of the tumble track. Right. Can't do a handstand. Can't. Like, and I don't just mean like, oh, they kick up, it looks nice, and then they fall over. I mean, like, he kicks he up and, even. and just it ragdolls. Yeah. You know? Just, that that was the first year. He was a sophomore when I was a freshman. Um, and he's built. He's like six foot, 200 pounds, and, and cut. I think um, that's, like, bad, though. I think that's why it's, it's good, but it's also bad when you start. Because then you're going to muscle everything. I remember I was way more built when I started tricking and it destroyed my form versus, I guess that's kind of what we talked about in in that last episode too, is like when you start as a kid, you're forced to do form because you're not strong yet. Literally why I still tumble way louder than I should. (laughs) Because you're too strong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you mentioned something at the beginning of the podcast, uh, something else, a different point. I'm not going to spoil it, but I want you to. Oh, oh yeah. Real quick. Yeah. I'll get to that. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, but but this, the, so his tumbling was scary. Yeah, a year later, he was doing double A. Oh, wow. Double A, on the floor. <laughs> That's On the floor. Yeah, so one year, right, Go, going from nothing to, so, so I think most of it has to do with how well you maintain your body. Yeah. And then if, if and then as far as the, the mind stuff goes, you, you need to be able to, break a skill down and have a way to work through some of the barriers and and develop that timing without hurting yourself or without developing a bad habit to mess up other timings. Agreed. That's a fun challenge. Um, but yeah, what I was telling Chris, I was good. He, he, he was walking me down the hall uh, to, to his uh, apartment and I was, I was about to share some news with him. I was like, oh, no, wait, I'll, I'll save it for the podcast. Um, oh, no. Yeah, so for the last two years, he's like, what do you do for work? I'm like, well, I, there's a story behind that. <laughs> um, this will, it's just a heads up, we'll kind of go off topic from, uh, eh. from why men's gymnastics is dying. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I stopped. Competing in gymnastics, so you're talking about in the last episode, uh, middle of my junior year, I stopped training, and I focused on school and did weight training instead. Um, and I loved school. Like, that, that was engineering, the thermodynamics, the thermofluids, all that. Uh, and I, I end up graduating a couple of years later, and I don't have a job lined up. So I'm digging into my textbooks. Well, that, that's a whole story. I decided to join uh, Marine Corps. It was, it was going to be 
uh, engineer for the Air Force to fly for the Air Force first because I wanted to design aircraft to, oh, wait, I can fly for the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps is harder, so I want to join that. Um, it took a year to you know, get waivers I need, pass the academics test, to finally get flown out to Florida to get a flight medical, um, to get medically rejected. And so I need to start another waiver process. All right, so I'm in, I'm in this program for a year. I'm thinking I would be in, in the Marine Corps as an officer by now. Um, but no, just got medically rejected. I need to start a whole new waiver process. It takes another eight months before it finally clears, bringing me to August. Right, so in, in the middle of that, I find, I find the, the uh, flip shack and I, start, and I find the, the tricking community, and they're awesome. It reminded me a lot of uh, uh, the ASU team community. Like, anyways, uh, this is just, it's been like a whole process trying to get into the Marine Corps. Um, just a couple of days ago, I, uh, I finally got my phone call saying I've, I've gotten selected for OCS. So I'm going nice. in this January. Oh, uh, congratulations. Yeah. And, they, and the, captain, the captain was funny, too. She, she was like, Jay, you know why I'm calling, right? I'm like, you could give me a yes, no, or a, uh, or a pre-select, or a maybe so. She's like, well, <laughs> yeah. I just want you to know this board is really competitive, okay? Oh. And, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> understood. Like, it was really, com- you understand, we, we had, uh, so, so, like, some context. When, when COVID first uh, became a big deal, uh, they cut class sizes in half. So that created, like, a... Uh, a backlog. It's like, all right, you're not going to go to this class, but since we already selected you, you'll go into next class. Last cycle was the first. You have people who are pre-selected for this class, and the people who were recycled. They're like, all right, you're you're going to automatically go into next class, which is the winter one I'm trying to compete. For. Uh, yeah, and so that just leaves a, a few spots left for people trying to get in the first time. So I'm like, oh gosh, all right, I'm gonna have to wait another three months. She's like, so. Even though it was really competitive, you got selected for OCC 239, which is this January. So I'm going to Quantico, Virginia this January. Oh, that's soon. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's so soon. Oh, wow. That's how good. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, you you wait and wait and wait. It's like, all right, pack your shit up and Oh, that makes it so much better, too, like how long you had to wait. Like it makes it like – Finally, like it paid off because, oh Absolutely. my gosh, it just feels like you're going the wrong path if it takes that, you know. Like if they said no, you'd be like, is this even going to happen? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've heard stories of people waiting longer, but it's just not. It's, yeah. You also hear the stories of people getting in right away too, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, it's been discouraging sometimes, but uh, we're going in and I'm going to try and kill it. I, Based on what I've been told to do to prepare, I think I'm overprepared. Good. Like double the max pull-ups almost. Nice. Yeah, I see you training. Like you come to gym, you do some flips, and then afterwards you work yeah. out real hard. So yeah, yeah. I'm up to I'm up to 44 now. The, you, 23 is the max score, so I want to get 46 to double it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. 
Uh, Good lord. But uh, yeah, that's been a process. That was that's the big news. 